0: Hello and welcome to this podcast from Herbert Smith Freehills. I'm Andrew Lidbetter, a partner in our public law team in the London office. I'm joined today by Nusrath Zah, another public law partner, and Vikram Sachdeva QC of 39 Essex. We're very pleased to have Vikram with us today because he's the chair of the Administrative Law Bar Association and was also a member of the government's panel on the independent review of administrative law. This podcast follows on from our podcast earlier this year on the government's recent consultation on judicial review, in particular from Herbert Smith's uh, experience of judicial review across many different sectors. You'll recall that the government launched the independent review of administrative law in July last year to consider options for reform to judicial review. The review submitted its report to the government in January this year, which made a limited number of recommendations for reform. The government subsequently commenced a consultation, which it said was intended to complement the analysis in the report. That consultation closed at the end of April, and it has now been followed by the Judicial Review and Courts Bill, which was introduced into Parliament in July. We'll be discussing the implications of the bill with Vikram in this podcast. Vikram, can you give us an overview of the changes to judicial review which the bill proposes?
1: Thank you, Andrew. The bill proposes two main changes to judicial review. First, it places a duty on the court to suspend quashing orders, and I would add removing or limiting any retrospective effect of the quashing order. Unless the order would not provide what is described as adequate redress in relation to the relevant defect, or there is a good reason not to. There are mandatory criteria which the court must have regard to in exercising that discretion. Second, it excludes so called CART judicial reviews, which are judicial reviews of decisions of the upper tribunal in relation to permission to appeal from the first year tribunal. Controversially, it does this by means of an ouster clause, which we'll come back to.
0: Uh, Thanks Vikram Nuswith. Can you uh, summarize for us uh, HSF's views on the proposals in relation to CART judicial reviews, uh, and indeed also the suspended quashing orders?
2: Yes, HSF's views on this topic were included in its response to the consultation And we explained that any jurisdiction for suspended quashing orders should be carefully developed through principles developed by the judiciary and that they should be exceptional in nature rather than being or becoming a norm. As regards CART judicial reviews, we noted that the original basis of these was that the Supreme Court concluded there was a real risk of the upper tribunal becoming in reality the final arbiter of the law, which the Supreme Court considered was not what Parliament had provided. Serious questions of law might therefore never be channeled into the legal system, and there would be the possibility that serious errors of law affecting large numbers of people would go uncorrected.
0: I can see that from the perspective of the courts, the introduction of a power to make a suspended quashing order will confer on judges a potentially wide discretion Uh, to limit the consequences of ultra-virus decisions and acts and and could possibly draw them into uh, complex policy areas. Uh, Vikram, do you see the introduction of suspended quashing orders as as a modest or or more significant change uh, to the public law remedies available to the judges?
1: Andrew, it's one of the few areas that the independent review panel thought appropriate to add to the powers of the judiciary It is certainly significant in theory because, as you say, it prolongs the legal effect of decisions which the court will have held to have been unlawful. And at the very least, that's a constitutional innovation. We will have to see when the courts use them, but I personally would be surprised if they were granted in anything more than in unusual cases.
0: Uh, Building on that, what impact do you think the power to make a suspended quashing order will have from the perspective of judicial review claimants uh, and indeed third parties that might be uh, supporting the position of claimants?
2: I think the new power may assist claimants and result in greater judicial scrutiny of public bodies, acts and decisions. This is because the courts are understandably more reluctant to uphold a challenge which would then have major repercussions for the government or other public bodies. But a suspended quashing order might enable claimants to propose to the court that the consequences of a claim being upheld could be carefully managed and limited. It is though conceivable that a court might remove any retrospective effect of its ruling, whilst also suspending its prospective effect, until such time as the defendant has been able to patch up the defect And that might result in what could be seen as a hollow victory for the claimants. I think this is likely to be a real concern in cases where what's alleged is that a public body has failed to take something into account or has failed to have due regard to, say, the statutory equality duties. From the perspective of third parties, those whose rights are affected by court upholding a judicial review could be seriously prejudiced by the proposed new power.
0: Decision to exclude the so-called CART judicial reviews has been described as marking the return of ouster clauses uh, and possibly setting the groundwork for the removal of the jurisdiction uh, of the administrative court in future legislation. Vikram, you mentioned ouster clauses uh, earlier. Do you uh, see the bill as potentially having
1: that kind of consequence? Andrew, I think it's Uh, important to examine the context of a potential ouster clause. Um, It's not at all surprising that courts would very uh, carefully police the extent and enforceability of any clause which purports to place a particular area of decision-making beyond its own jurisdiction. Uh, On the other hand, the starting point is that this would be a substantive reform which was recommended by an independent panel of experts and has undergone consultation. That's a fair wind for the upholding of an ouster clause if the courts are minded to uphold an ouster clause at all. However, simply because the court may uphold a clause, ousting the court's jurisdiction in CART cases does not mean that they will uphold clauses in other contexts, even when they're based on the same wording. So I think we need to uh, look at this area carefully. It doesn't follow that just because a CART uh uh is upheld has any wider significance
0: thank you the, the the government recently consulted on a range of other potential procedural reforms to judicial review uh, but the bill's explanatory note makes clear that the government has decided not to proceed with these proposals following the consideration um, of the uh, review report and responses to the consultation Other procedural changes for judicial review, which the government consulted on, uh, concerned removing the promptness requirement uh, from the three month deadline for judicial review applications, uh, introducing multi-track timetables and a claimant's right to reply. These were largely welcomed in principle, though further detail is, is needed on some of the proposals. As they don't require primary legislation, these proposals are not included in the bill, and it's expected that the uh, Civil Procedure uh, uh, Rules Committee will be invited to develop and implement them in the coming months. So Vikram, what's the next stage for the bill?
1: The next stage is a second reading in the Commons, which should be soon, I think. In the meantime, we have a new Secretary of State for Justice as of yesterday, Dominic Raab, and it will be interesting to see if that changes anything. Thank you. That brings us
0: to the end of today's podcast. Thanks very much to Vikram for joining us today, uh, and thank you for listening. For more information, do uh, get in touch and keep an eye on our Public Law Notes blog. Uh, This was uh, Andrew Lidbetter and Nusra Tsar of the Herbert Smith Freehills Public Law Practice, uh, talking with Vikram Sachdeva. Thank you, everyone.